What's up, everybody? Welcome to Championship Leadership. We got Zachary Badcock here from five years in prison to a six-figure business. He's also the leader and the host of the Underground Empowerment, Underdog Empowerment Podcast, and he's helped me out a ton as of recently as well with moving and, and shifting and, and promoting and, and just building my podcast as well, and, and uh, that's something that he specializes in. So just appreciate you taking the time to be here with me, man. Thank you. Dude, Nate, what's going on, man? I'm I'm excited to be here. Excited to jam with you. Oh yeah, bro. So I've been listening to your podcast, of course, and uh, you've been been helping me build mine up here recently. And so I'm glad we're here to have some time together. But really, uh, first question I always love to ask before we get in too deep to all the other stuff is championship leadership. Like, what comes to mind for you when you hear that, man? Championship leadership, man. So what that what comes to mind for me right off the top of head is like, what does it mean? to be a champion leader and, and, you know, you're not really, and this is how I define a leader. A leader is not a leader until you can lead others to become leaders that can lead other people, which I know that's like a tongue twister, but that's what a real leader is though. Right. You know, you, and you're, you're leading by doing it obviously. And then you teach other people how to do what you're doing in the process, which trickles down. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit, you know, from five years of prison, like, bring me back a little bit. How did you get to where you are today? What's, what's the story a little bit for the listeners? You know, because it's an incredible story. Right on, man. Yeah, I'll keep it super short. And if we want to go deeper, that's always cool, too. I just like to respect, you know, to have a real conversation. You know? But um, yeah, I was, you know, I was an idiot, man. And I didn't have anything that was driving me in life. No chief aim and made a bunch of poor decisions as a result. Uh, did a bunch of time, went through a lot of crazy stuff, man. But it was when I went back to prison. I, I did four years flat, got out for about two years, and I was working at this job that, uh, you know, I got into uh, a sales job, got promoted two days in, got, a, got and I was like, yes, I'm finally, you know, putting this lifestyle behind <laughs> yeah. me because I sold more than anybody else on, on the entire team and then um, killed it. But then the, two days later, like, yeah, you're a convicted felon, you got to kick rocks. No way. Yeah. And so instead of just, you know, being a champion and pushing on, I just decided to throw a pity party and yeah. 
I uh, went back to prison for DWI, and that was 20 days before my twin sons were born. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. The, the hardest, most worst feeling that I could ever feel in the world that I've ever felt in my life. Uh, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because yeah. sna- it snapped me back to reality, man. And ever since then, been moving in a completely different direction. Appreciate you sharing that. And I would like to think that maybe you, you didn't need that, that second time around back to prison, but it sounds like maybe kind of you did, right? Like it, it's definitely what catapulted you getting out to be like, hey, man, <laughs> no more. Right. Like it's time to, time to go to work. What was that process like coming back in, uh, you know, building, like, like you said, man, this year, even I know I've seen you, you talk about it a lot. We talked about it on your podcast a little bit. You know, just eight months ago, you were, you were struggling, you were broke. And, 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 and that is a short time. And, it, you know, it's all the work that you were doing before that, of course, as well, right? Uh, the things that were getting there. But, but to create that six-figure business in that short eight months here this year, like, what's that, pro- what's that path been like? Because there's a lot of people that I think they give up a little too short, right? They, they put in the work, they put in the time, they're not getting the results. And then all of a sudden, they quit. Champions don't quit for sure. Like, Man, they lose the big game, and it's just it just drives them to to come back even bigger and better the next year, right? The next time. So yeah, maybe 100%. talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, dude, I couldn't agree with you more, dude. Yeah, man, dude, I I got out and wanted to be a I just wanted to be happy and successful. Didn't even know what that looked like, and and to be a response, be in my kid's life. Couldn't get a job anywhere. Got into network marketing. Didn't even know what it was at the time. You can't scare me <laughs> off with the word pyramid scheme, bro. <laughs> but I did that for about two years. I'm grateful for the industry, though, man, because yeah. I, was, I was able to build a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months. But um, it taught me a lot of things, man. It was, like yeah. a, it was like a college for entrepreneurship almost. But it just wasn't my thing, and I moved on. Right. Uh, I just couldn't jam with it anymore. Yeah. And then I got into what I'm doing now in the beginning of 2017, I had no idea how to start this business or what to do. I just knew what I wanted. Um, and I learned a lot of valuable lessons in the process. I learned one of the main ones was that, you know, you can't act further along than what you really are and, you know, take pictures in front of red Lamborghinis and act like you can deliver a specific benefit to people when you, when you haven't even done it yourself man, develop some high character and real tangible, valuable skills to the marketplace. There's just no shortcuts. You have to take that route. You have to become, the marketplace doesn't care who you are. It cares about, can you offer 10 times value than what you're selling it for? And, and then when you can accomplish that, then that's how you win. And um, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy though. But to sum it all up though, man, every time I tried to collaborate with an entrepreneur, man, or anybody, uh, nobody took me seriously. I was just this ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And I was pissed, man. And uh, it was out of that pain and frustration is the reason why I launched Underdog Empowerment Podcast in the first place for, for selfish reasons, first and foremost, to, you know, you can't fill up a cup from an empty cup and also empower other underdogs in the process. But I wanted to break through that mold, break through that judgment that people were keeping me in. And uh, I was crazy, man. We we ranked it on the third day, and then had Billy Gina's marketing uh, the the following week, and it's just been insane ever since. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, and so you know, I I know that you I know that you invest heavily because I see you going out to masterminds all the time and and promoting and and talking about that. Just investing in yourself, investing back in your business, continuing to grow, continuing to get a little bit better. But I want to 
you know, talk, you know, championship leadership, were there any, was there anyone inside of prison that impacted you that was like, Hey man, this is not the path. I'm just curious. Like, did you run into anyone like that? A coach, a mentor, somebody that was like, dude, you know, when you get out, like, or maybe showed you the ropes or kind of taught you a few things from your time and experience there. Curious to hear if there was anyone like that inside of uh, that experience. I've never been asked that question before on a podcast. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I like it. But, um, no and yes. So like there was what I mean, there was there was people in there that, you know, were like in the same point as me, like they're tired, they're done and they're ready for change. And, you know, some of them that had, you know, their head on their shoulders and might have came back for, you know, something that obviously they did it to themselves, but they might have came back for like some type of violation like uh, that wasn't like as serious and they still got sent back to, to prison or whatnot, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to be in their kids' life, whatever the case may be. So there was good people in there is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, and people that were making better decisions. However, I didn't really have like a mentor, so to speak in there uh, yeah. fr- from prison or afterwards, but I'm so into mentorship, man. It's been a yeah. game changer yeah. for me. Yeah. Who are some of the people that stand out to you? Like in, you know, it's whenever I ask this question, it's always really less about who it is. But if you feel, you know, I, you talk to some Navy SEALs, and they're like, "Well, I can't tell you who it is," but like, you know, yeah. from a, I'm like, "No, that's cool." Like, more importantly, what, you know, what was it about them that you learned that you've taken that you maybe, you know, you, we all are impacted and, and reached by different people along the way, and it kind of helps mold who we are and who we become. So I'm just curious, you know, yeah, give them a shout out if you want, but really, more importantly, like, what are some those, the biggest things that you've taken from some of the mentors, coaches, leaders that have impacted you? Yeah, man. One, I would uh, give a shout out to Mitch Miller. He, I joined his uh, mastermind and dude, just, uh, this is totally off topic, but um, it's real quick. I'm all about the burning the boats and going all in on your dreams. Some people are like, Oh, that's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. But no, <laughs> Dude, if you when you do that, you, like when your back's against the wall, there's no place to go as forward. And and to yeah. make a really ridiculously long story short, I was backed up on all my bills. The our water was shut off. We got four kids, credit maxed out. Man, it was a really tough, stressful time. And I went and got a title loan on my Chrysler Aspen to get in Mitch Miller's uh, mastermind group so that I can learn how to select my audience, craft a compelling offer to that audience and write the copy for that offer to that audience. You know, interest rates on a title loan are pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> ridiculous, bro. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would probably say, you know, that's a dumb, dumb decision. But, um, you know, eight months later, I had a six figure business as a result of that decision of burning those yeah. books. So, you know, I got to give a shout out to Mitch Miller because, you know, I learned a lot as far as that goes. But the best thing that I learned from him was I used to not say certain things on the internet that were true to me because I was worried about offending someone. And, and as a result, nobody taking me seriously as an entrepreneur and not being able to feed my family any other way. Yeah. Like what? Like, um, like I used to wear suits for an example, bro. Like okay. not, not knocking suits at all, but bro, I'm, I got a body full of tattoos and yeah, a beard. Man, you know, it doesn't seem like you, that's for sure. It's not, <laughs> and it wasn't. I used to rock suits all the time, and I used to <laughs> fake like I was positive all the time, and all this crap, dude. And what, what, uh, 
Mitch Miller kind of hit me to like the works of Carl Jung and whatnot and your shadow self and like just, you know, if you really want to help somebody, if you truly have that thought of really wanting to help other people, that's yeah. your intention, then making those people happy isn't, it doesn't equal helping them. And a lot of times, uh, you know, like I always go back to the example, you know, you give a kid candy, you make that kid happy, but are, if you give kid candy all the time, are you doing good for that kid? No, right. sir. You know, that kid can get diabetes, get overweight, die, all that stuff because you give him candy, but you're making it happy. So, you know, he helped me realize that and unlock that part to where I'll just say whatever the fuck I feel now. And, and yeah. you know, it's going to piss some people off, but guess what? No matter what you say, no matter who you are, at the end of the day, there's going to be people that hate you for it and people that love you. So it's just always easier being yourself in the process. Yeah. And you know, if you're trying to, uh, you're trying to appease everyone, man, you just like, you don't help and you're not helping anybody. Right. You don't, you don't have a space, you don't have a niche. And, and that's a hard thing for people to, uh, to comprehend and to really actually implement. So I know, you know, you definitely do that. You definitely own that, but especially entrepreneurs, business, business owners. I think most people like, we all like people and we all want to help people. And that's why we're in this, you know, we're in this business, uh, in a business on our own is, is, is for some of that. And so to take that bold stand, kind of like what you're talking about and just being you, it does alienate people. And the thought of that, I think is hard for a lot of people. And that's why they don't really uh, take that next step. So that's huge. Yeah, man. And, but you know, at the end of the day though, you're going to alienate people no matter what you say. Yeah. We might as well that's just true. alienate the right, right ones, you know? Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just makes the ones that are following you just like bigger, harder, more raving fans, right? When, when they see you taking that bold stand for them that they can identify with. So uh, definitely some, some nuggets there. What's, uh, what's the vision for you, man? You know, I'm, you're, early, you're still early on in this, in this uh, journey. Yeah, what do you want to go? Where, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish over, you know, even say just the next five years? Love it, man. I'm a firm believer, and I learned this in network marketing, and it's stuck with me ever since. But one of my mentors, like, yeah, he stole the Zig Ziglar quote, but it was just, it was powerful. It was the first time yeah. I ever heard it. I didn't know it was from Zig Ziglar. But um, so you're writing down your goal, because I was trying to get to the next level in my business. I was making like almost two grand a month, and I was trying to figure it out. It's like, well, you're writing down your goals every day. I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you know, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I was like, oh, dude, that's. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since that day, like literally, I know you were on the podcast, but the video version, there's my goals right there. I won't yeah. go to, I won't go to bed without writing those out, but even more so like if I look over here to the right, I got my vision board of a visual representation of every single area of my life of what I want. Um, and so for me, I have a super long-term vision, but if you're talking about next five years. What's a long-term vision, man? All right. The, 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 this is the legacy goal. You know, yeah. you got business yeah, yeah. goals, your health goals. This is the legacy goal. The legacy goal is, an, is a 9% recidivism rate nationwide. Now, what I mean by that is recidivism is, is tracked on after three years from being released from prison, do you come back or not? And so if you look at those rates nationwide, they're, they're astronomically high. We have the highest recidivism rate in the world in the U.S. And um, it's a clear indicator that our system is broken. It's not working. Now, I'm not taking away the responsibility for the people that put themselves in prison. It's their damn fault they put themselves there. It's also on yep. them to get themselves out. Right. However, though, man, 
that the resources that are offered are, are bullshit, bro. I went through the system myself and it doesn't help. It actually makes things worse because now you're stuck going to all these stupid ass classes that don't even help and, and, and just drive you crazy for the most part. And it's hard, you know, you got to catch a bus to get these classes and, and you can't even get a job when you come out of prison anyway. So now it's taking away the time that you could be finding some employment or whatever to feed yeah. your family. And so, and then, and then all the other resources, it, it, the whole system, it teaches you to be dependent on the system. Literally, it teaches you to, uh, it gives you a fish. It doesn't teach you to fish, welfare, food stamps, all that shit. It doesn't, that's not teaching you how to fish. So the vision, man, is to the guys and gals that are serious about turning their life around. Like, like I was, not everyone is, but the ones that are, yeah. we take them on in our program and, and they get, they, they work for us right out the gate. They have money right out the gate. And then they get real resources that are going to build their character and build their, they're going to develop themselves. And, um, and then, you know, for the people that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, boom, they won't need our help for long. And the ones that aren't, they can get a pay raise and continue working for us. And so that's the, that's the ultimate vision we're working towards Uh 9% recidivism rate or lower. It's a crazy goal, but that's what we're sticking to. I love it, man. That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's incredible. What, uh, what is the recidivism rate right now? You know, so it's different in every, every state. And so like the last reports that you could dig up on the internet, unless there's another way to dig deeper. And yeah. if you do know, let me know. Cause I love yeah. to see this information, but in Missouri alone, uh, the last reports I believe was 2014 and the recidivism rate was like 47 or 48 yeah, somewhere around there. And so if you think about that though, wow. too, man, that's skewed. It's even worse than that because it's worse, right? Yeah. Way worse because it only tracks after three years. So what happens yeah. to the guys that come come back to prison after five? And then on top of that, what about the guys and gals that are getting out of prison and dying from a heroin overdose or getting killed or whatever? It doesn't factor in all that shit. So yeah. if you factor in like a failed system, it's probably like closer to seventy and eighty and ninety yeah. percent. Yeah. Wow. I love that you uh, that you're passionate about that. You you had that personal experience, and you you want to help others not not experience that. And yeah, but I'll, but I also want to do it in a way where we're not making excuses for them. We're just giving them yeah, of a better, course, a better runway to yeah. make something of themselves. Yeah, no doubt. I love it. You know, I always talk about these turning points or critical decisions, moments that people have where, you know, I imagine. There's a few for you, definitely, for sure. I know we all have them, and some, some of the listeners are probably going through that right now where they're just like at that point where I don't know, like I could either go left or right. Most people tell me to go left, but I feel like, man, I got to go right. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of like you, like all the chips are on the table. You're getting a title loan to go to a mastermind. Like, most people would be like, what the hell are you doing, man? Right. And so that's definitely one of them I can imagine. But yeah, there's people right now that are trying to figure it out. And I think too many choose that, what's the quote unquote safe or just in my mind, more the settling, right? The, the, the settling decision where they settle and they just kind of eventually they're going to look back and be like, man, with a ton of regret, wishing they would have went the path you did. Like you had the courage and you, you took that step. What, what is the moment that you could share with us where that was going on for you? Yeah, man. So this, this moment is the moment that defined like my character, I believe, I know. And it's the, it's what I draw on whenever I face any type of adversity or anything. It's like how I know I'm going to be able to be all right in any situation. Now I was in the hole, right? This was 2010. The hole is the prison inside of the prison. I had been locked up for two years at this point. I was doing, I did four years total at this time then got out for two years and went back. Anyways, 
was in there for some tattoo violations. Why well, get called back to the captain's office? He's, you know, sitting behind his desk with his white shirt, gold badge, black hat, knee mug on his face. You know, when you come back to the captain's office, uh, it's not good. Not and good, you, right? <laughs> yeah. And usually I'm, you know, I, I'm, like what I'm thinking in my mind right now is like, man, somebody told on me for something that I hadn't gotten in trouble for yet, or they're trying to get me to tell on somebody else. And I'm 21 at the time, bro. And I, I didn't, I was in, I wasn't ready for changing. Like I was in my rebellious stage, like yeah. hardcore. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he's like, even Mr. Bab, can I have a seat? And I'm like, dude, I ain't I got nothing to say. Put me back in my cell. And he's like, you know, when you come back here, it's not good. Right. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Put me back in my cell. You got me down here for two months. And then you got to put me back on the main prison yard, man. I ain't got shit to say, dude. Put me back. And he said, uh, yeah, we got a call over the weekend, man. And uh, your mom informed us that she found your sister dead on the floor with a needle on her arm in the bathroom. She had to break in with a screwdriver. And I'm like, dude, you know, like last thing I'm expecting to hear. Yeah. Immediately just tears start flooding through my face. And uh, they gave me a 30-second phone call, legit 30 seconds. I'm bawling my eyes out to my mom. She's bawling her eyes out to me. And then the phone hangs up. And then I have to be put in a cell, man. And this piece right here. I feel like it's going to be really valuable to your audience, man. I, I swear this is powerful right here. But uh, I go back in the cell, and I'm sitting uh, for the next three days. I don't get out of my bed to eat. The only time I got out of my bed was to use the restroom. Other than that, I'm in my bed crying my eyes out, thinking about all the mean things I ever said or did to my sister and the goodbye that I never get to tell her. And, uh, man, I woke up, though, on that third day, Nate, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm still here. I don't know what the reason of why I'm still breathing but there's got to be a reason or else I wouldn't be alive what can I do right now to find happiness and peace that question like was the game changer because yeah. that question it got me to focus on you know I couldn't do much I'm, I'm sitting here trapped in an eight by ten so I could walk three steps one way three steps the next it's dark dirty depressing cold you know no no celly just me in there and so it got me to focus on okay well I'm, I'm, I can't break through this door and I put myself in here. I'm, I'm stuck in here for the next 60 days. What can I do though? Oh, I can, I can clean this area and scrub every single last piece of it. Like, like OCD style for real. Uh, I, I could work out and do my, you know, pushups, dips off the bunk. I could read literature. I can write letters and I could just have this whole entire schedule or whatever and dominate my own space. You know, it was crazy, man. But at the end of that two months by doing all these things, I found a peace of mind at a really dark time. And to tie this together, though, man, at that time in my life, I didn't know what self-help books even were. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. And I know a lot of people like knock Tony Robbins and they say like, oh, he's just in it for the money. Dude, the, the, the amount of money he makes through all this self-help stuff is a drop in a bucket compared to what he makes through his investments and real yeah, estate and all that. You know what right. I mean? The dude's a real deal. How I know he's a real deal is when I wrote, wrote, read his book, though, seven years later. Uh, in 2017, Awaken the Giant Within, he says in there, he's like, and I, cause I didn't know this, but when he said this, like, oh, that's what happened. But uh, yeah. he, said, he said, you know, questions, <laughs> they get you to focus on things. Like if I say, Nate, what color are your shoes? Everybody listening to this podcast, you and me are bo- both thinking about what the color of your shoes are. Because when you hear a question, no matter what, you immediately search for the answer. And so when we get in those really dark times that when it feels like the world's crumbling around us, when there's no light at the end of the tunnel, a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, I've done this before. We ask the wrong questions. We say, well, why does this always got to happen to me? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and that's getting you to focus and search for the wrong answers versus what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? Or what's the next best step that I can take to reach my goal? 
you know, that's asking the right questions because it gets you to focus on the right answers. Yeah, I know that was a long-winded answer, but I, but I felt like that was, oh, a good it was an awesome answer, man. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And so powerful. Yeah, I mean, powerful questions, right? Just to flip, change, change the questions, like ask different questions, ask just these powerful questions that shift perspective completely, which is exactly what happened for you, man. And you figured it out like on your own. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you, if you have any beliefs or anything, or if, uh, but you know, some, some might look at that as uh, you know, God or whatever, but uh, just for that to come to you on your own and uh, in that environment, so many people would not be able to do that. And just the powerful, and nothing happened, right? It was just simply a thought that you had that, that shifted that for you. Yeah, I was like, I was, crazy, I was, man. it's like, I was just searching for something, you know, cause I was like, man, you know, I was in such grief, you know, and, and whatnot, but now like I'll have bad days now and I'll start, you know, like fuck or whatever. And like, dude, why does it, you know, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll have to catch myself. <laughs> right. And then, and yeah. like, dude, you've made this through worse, you know what to do. And then I'm like, well, what can you do right now? What's the, you know, what do you, what power do you have over this? And what's the next best thing you could yeah. do? Sometimes it's hard because you're pissed off. Things aren't, you know, sure. you're having a shit day, you know, but man, next time you're having one, if you think about that, I promise you that's a game changer right there. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you. What, uh, I want to respect your time here. So we'll, we'll wrap it up. Like what are one or two, th two things that you could share with, with the listeners that they could take and just implement right away today and, and move themselves forward? Yeah. One, uh, as far as, uh, the business side, Man, there is no shortcuts. There's literally no magical formula. You, you're going to have to do the work, man. I know this is an unsexy answer, but... No magic it, pill, man? Come on. None. There's none. zero. <laughs> and if it was, <laughs> you're looking for this probably <laughs> the best podcast for you, and I'm, 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 I'm not the best guy for you right. either. But, um, man, focus on... Quit trying to focus on, on, on making money. I used to always be like, man, how can I make some money? How can I... Make? And that's the wrong, that's the wrong question. Wrong question. Instead, yeah, I love it. Yeah, switch that question to how can I become so fucking valuable that people throw money at me? Yeah. You know, and then that's that when you focus on that, then you focus on actually building real skills that are that people actually pay pay money for and you're focused on helping people. So yeah. focus on how can you help people? How can you become valuable? Uh second takeaway would be from more of a personal development standpoint, did this might be cliche or whatever, but this is something that I live my life by. But if you go into every single thing, every single situation, even if you're just like dealing with a shit bag person, that's just like driving you crazy. Right. If you go into this with this mindset of everything is your fault and everything, everything wrong is your fault and everything right is your fault. Uh, that gives you complete freedom uh, to, to dictate uh, circumstances. Uh, and now some people are like, well, that's not true in every case, man. Like a, 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 a tornado could come through and, and, and wreck my house and kill my family. And I, I, you know, I don't have any control over that. You're right. You cannot stop that tornado from coming through and wrecking your house. Right. And so you could either decide to be bitter about that and be, be miserable and go kill people or kill yourself or just live the rest of your life miserable. Or you could choose to internalize that, become a stronger person and go out and help people as a result of that, regardless of whatever Absolutely. the fuck it is. Yeah, whatever it is, regardless of whatever it is you chose to do, it's your power to make that decision on what, how you choose to respond to that. So if you think about it that way, you do have the power in every single situation, which means everything wrong in your life is your fault and everything right in your life is your fault. And that just gives you all the freedom in the world. Yeah. Amen, man. Appreciate it. What are some ways that they can find you, follow you? Uh, what you got going on? 
dude. The best place, obviously, is the podcast. I'm really passionate about that. Um, if you guys want to check that out, that is at Underdog Empowerments on any podcast that you listen, podcast platform that you listen to podcasts to. But to make it really simple for you, you can go to underdogempowerment.com and you might have to scroll down just a tab, but there's a little subscribe button uh, for iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever. Uh, hope to see you guys over there. Uh, and Nate, thanks again for having me on your show, man. You got brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ain't no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration You should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Nate Bailey